Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pod Save the Queen! Hello, welcome back to Pod Save the Queen and I am reunited with Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers. I am your host, Anne Griffith. Russell, it is lovely to see you. And you. How long was it? Was it? You, I think you messaged me and said, I hope you've had a nice nice weeks off, but I was lumped in with Daniel. Daniel was off as well. I Daniel was off. Was off. Yes, well, we had. Um, I've I've been chatting with friends. I've chatted with Elizabeth Holmes a couple of weeks ago, and then last week we handed over to Zoe and Lewis and Lauren to chat about the Crown in depth. So I think it's three weeks since you and I have been hanging out, and there's been a lot of royal action going on. So there is a lot to talk about. Um, there's more rumblings on Panorama, a bit more on the Crown as well. Um, obviously, Meghan uh, speaking out or writing out, as it were, about having had a having having had a miscarriage in the summer. The results of Kate's early years' work. Prince Harry talking about the environment yesterday. But it is now December. The giant reindeer that was dismembered on my bed. It wasn't a real reindeer, people. Don't worry. It, it was a giant <laughs> Scarface reference. So, it was a um, yeah very giant Christmas decoration is now resident in our garden and looking magnificent. Christmas is on the horizon, but it's going to be very different this year. As we know that the Queen had been hoping to go to Sandringham originally, but that is not happening. So what is the plan now? And and why has it all changed? And where are we? Well, where are we indeed? I think we don't know from one week to the next. Um, however, the Queen and Prince Philip are going to be spending Christmas at Windsor. And the reason why this is interesting is because it's the first time in 33 years that this will be happening. And so they had to go right back into the archives to look at all you know, the details about when they were last at Windsor. And it was in 1987. And apparently... The, uh, the Queen uh, and the Royal Family used to spend all their Christmases at Windsor until 1998 when they went to Sandringham because Windsor was having a big rewiring, rewiring refit. God, you, you can't say that properly if you can't pronounce your R's, potentially like me. Um, that was having a big refit. So they then moved all the family to Sandringham and then they enjoyed it so much that they just kept going to Norfolk for the Christmas holidays. However, because of the situation with coronavirus, which is still a big issue in the UK, um, they are quite reluctant to sort of upheaval all the staff, all the family. Obviously, there is going to be um, a lot of issues about who we can mix with. The government have said that we can only mix with three uh, three families, so you can create support bubbles three with two households. Three, three households, sorry, with two uh, other bubbles essentially. So it's going to be a, a quite a, a lot smaller affair. And um, 
you know, this is on the back of you know, the PM Boris Johnson saying that families had to make a personal judgment. And I think the Queen is leading from the front with this. And obviously, uh, you know, there've been a lot of warnings about don't hug your granny, be careful about seeing elderly relatives. Obviously, the Queen is 94, Prince Philip is 99. And uh, they have taken the decision to have a quieter Christmas, which is how it was described by the palace. And uh, yeah, I understand that they will be celebrating alone however they may see other members of the family throughout the christmas holidays but it still opens a can of worms so they you know if they're on their own then they may be able to sort of bubble up with two other families well prince charles and camilla have said that they want to see the queen and duke of edinburgh over the christmas holidays however camilla has already said she'll be seeing her family over the holidays they're going to be in Highgrove um, the Cambridges are presumed to be going to Bucklebury to, to, to hang out with the Middletons so then that really leaves uh, just the Wessexes because one would imagine that the Yorks are going to be celebrating together so you'll have Eugenie who's pregnant her husband uh, Beatrice and her husband uh, at Royal Lodge with Andrew and Fergie and so they'll be their own little bubble so even if they do want to go and see the Queen it will be a very uh, a bit of a drive-by maybe hanging out the window and saying hello but um, yeah so I think the Queen it's a good good, um, good thing that the Queen is doing she's sort of quelling the, the potential revolt from the staff that had been reported because they obviously didn't want to go to Sandringham because they were going to have to miss their families and set up another bubble and isolate away from everybody else for a couple of weeks so I think this is the, is the right thing to do in the circumstances. So for those of you who are not in the UK and would like a current status check of what is going on here, so we're recording on Wednesday. Today is the first day in England after the latest lockdown. Um, Wales and Scotland are doing something different again and it's all very confusing. So I'm sorry, I've not managed to keep track of exactly what's going on there. Apart from I do know that Basically, the pubs in Wales aren't allowed to serve alcohol at all, pretty much, which is a problem. Um, and and I know that because my sister-in-law works for a works for a brewery, so that's why I know that one. But um, uh, yeah, so we are coming out of lockdown. There are three tiers. Most of the country is in the two strongest ones. Only three places: Cornwall, the Isles of Scilly, and the Isle of Wight are in tier one. And um, you know, and you can't even go there to have a pint because you'll be arrested. <laughs> Russell was so excited at that point, he flipped his phone and showed, showed me the ceiling, which has made me <laughs> <Sorry>. giggle. It's <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, so my, I mean, my family are down in Cornwall and we had thought, oh, it'd be really nice to go see them. But then we thought, well, actually, is this the responsible thing to do? A, because they're in tier one. B, because we're all going to have to be inside with the, you know, you're at, do you want to sit inside with the windows open? in the middle of the winter and there is a vaccine just around the corner so we've, we've taken the decision a bit like, bit like the Queen we're going to stay at home the two of us and just have just have Christmas ourselves well it would be joyous exactly joyous, sure. have you put your tree up yet? tree's up tree went up last night no tree up for us because we might be moving so I we had had a big debate about whether to put our tree up and I said well you know it's just more clutter I mean how sad <laughs> is that and but maybe if you've got an amazing tree, it'll really sell the house to the people that want it. But well, anyway, you never Enough know. about our lives, Russell. We should talk more about the royal family. <laughs> um, the, the, Queen, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip have been at, at Windsor Castle for quite a while now. Um, they celebrated their wedding anniversary there. There's a lovely picture released of them opening the 
cute card that the Cambridges had sent them, which was was very nice. And it was good to see them looking kind of so well and well and happy, really. I think in that in that picture because we've not seen a huge amount of them. The Queen sort of keeps popping up every now and then on on Zoom calls, like a little fairy godmother popping up to, with a smile. And then we we've seen pictures of her out riding as she continues to do good exercise out in the open air. is a good option in COVID times. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- that was a very sweet uh, picture taken by Chris Jackson at, at Getty looking at the, uh, the the anniversary card from the Cambridge children. Um, I mean, the Duke looks all right, doesn't he, for 99? He's, he, you know, he's doing all right. He looks a lot better than he did last Christmas when we you know, saw those pictures of him just uh, emerging from the hospital. The Queen looks fighting fit. Um, said to be, you know, they're both um, very well. They're being well looked after in their bu- isolation bubble at Windsor. I mean, they've been there a long time now. Sort of the Queen was evacuated from London, essentially, right after the um, the Commonwealth Day uh, service at the, on the 9th of March. So they've been there an awful long time. I think they've spent six weeks with it, six weeks in um, at Balmoral. And then uh, they've been over to Sandringham for a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, back, back at Windsor. And it looks like that will be for the foreseeable future until they presumably have a vaccine. Um, or, you know, London is a bit more back to normal. And if the government are saying that that isn't going to happen till Easter or the spring, I suppose they're intertwined. But I, I, I can't see them going back to BP for quite a while. And it will seem that, you know, we may get this Queen doing more jobs, but it will still be outside if the weather is better, sort of the end of February, beginning of March, um, and that's probably the the order of the day. Actually, I think that you'll you'll see the younger ones taking over. Um, you know, Cambridge is probably doing a lot more in the new year than they have done this year, but they've still been uh, they've still been doing stuff on Zoom. But um, we just want to see them out and about, really, rather than on Zoom. I think everyone's got a bit of Zoom fatigue. I know, I know, I have. Well, thanks. Thanks, as we no, get away here. Not with, us. not with us. This is joyous. But with the Royals, I want to I'm gonna be out and about and seeing them meeting people and talking to real people and real life people. So fingers crossed there'll be Big something news. coming up. Big news today, obviously, is that the vaccine has been approved to like go ahead and start giving it to people. Do we have any idea? You know, the royal family weren't listed as a special category of being prioritised of who was going to get the vaccine. It was kind of by age and people working in care homes and those kind of things and that kind of uh, that kind of setup. Have we had any information about the royal family and vaccines at all? No, and we probably won't do. To be honest, I mean, it's a it's a private medical matter. I think is what they would say. I mean, just I was bizarrely, I was looking at the um, the list earlier to see if sort of who will get it, and then it's it says. Uh, residents, I think health workers at the top, aren't they? And then residents in a care home for older adults and their carers would get it. Then all of those uh, 80 years of age, actually, no, they're number two health workers, all those 80, 80 years of age and over, um, and then health and care, social care workers, which which means that the Queen and Philip, if they want it, will we'll get it along with the rest of the population who are over 80. Then uh, Charles is probably going to have to wait till number four because then you've got 75, 70, and then it will just go down in five-year increments. Um, so, I mean, it will probably be a long... We're so young, and it will probably be a long time till we get the vaccine, that's for sure. Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay at home. Stay on Zoom. fighting fit, yeah. Do, it's one of those things because you know the, the Prince Harry sort of famously done um, HIV tests to promote 
that as being you know show that it's easy raise awareness and that kind of thing like just imagine if the queen's christmas message it starts with her just getting her getting her jab before she does her um her message to the nation but um presumably that's going to be filmed as usual as usual it'll be at windsor castle this year um i think we you know like the same sort of setup as we've had for the coronavirus messaging um you know the, the queen has made a couple of big speeches this year hasn't she most notably when she was saying you know we'll we will meet again talking about invoking a, a wartime spirit i think it will be very heavy on that this year one can heavily assume that that'll be all about the nation pulling together in times of trouble um not seeing loved ones um but yeah that that all happen in the next uh, couple of weeks and then uh, and then we'll we'll see it as, as as usual so one thing they probably will not be doing over the the isolation in winter castle is watching the crown let's no. assume <laughs> no well and... i can tell you they won't because it, they're, they're, they're not jolly happy about it that's for sure so obviously uh, there was a big discussion of the of the crown in last week's episode but the, the kind of con- it it sort of seems to be snowballing a little bit in terms of the i don't know frustration or um sort of the pr-ness of it all of people feeling that actually because it is closer to modern times and because it's well probably also because it's much more problematic in a lot of ways for the royal family because this is the dirty washing essentially of the future king being aired and reimagined as well it's not you know the, the basic plot line is what happened but you are inventing conversations you are you know you are recreating what you think might have happened and where is the line between fact and fiction and I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not a crown watcher. I've, I've not got Netflix. I'm one of the like two people in the country who hasn't. But I know from watching Victoria, that feeling of, you know, that is this really what happened? Or I'm getting, I'm learning a lot of history, but I need to remember that it's not actually all history. Some of it is a version of history. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I do love the crown. I fell out of love with it. Sort of series three, got back into it, and I, I and I have. Um, I've really enjoyed the series but and then I sort of sat on the fence I was like well you know surely we all know it's a drama surely we all know that uh, these things are made up versions of events because how on earth would anyone know what was said between the Queen and Margaret Thatcher Margaret Thatcher has never spoken about it and the Queen certainly hasn't about their private conversations you know those sort of clandestine meetings in corridors we wouldn't know about um but it seems, I think there is such a, a wide global audience um, that aren't really historians, as neither are we, but we, we have an interest in the rules and we probably know to sort of take it with a pinch of salt. But there is also a, a massive um, populace of a younger generation that are really interested in the crown. I think that's where it, that's where it, um, it, it, it becomes problematic because, I mean, Clarence House had to shut down their Twitter comment and, and Instagram comments last week because they were getting so much vitriolic abuse aimed at the Duchess of Cornwall because of the way that she's presented in the show. And she's actually presented as sort of quite a very vivacious, ruthless character. And Diana is um, portrayed as this, you know, dear, young deer in headlights. And she had no idea what was going on. Uh, when she got into the royal family and um, and then was sort of manipulated left, right and centre. Now, the issue is that 
understand that the Queen and Philip had seen previous series. I don't know whether they watched this one, but certainly people who are speaking out um, in defence of Charles have said that he's never watched a, an episode. But one, he, I mean, he, obviously he'd be upset at learning about his portrayal. He, he again, is portrayed as quite a ruthless uh, individual, very bullying, shouting all the time and demanding things. And I don't think he's like that at all. And I think that the issue when you speak to people who were there at the time, as I have done extensively, they would say, you know, and, and Charles said himself, he, he admitted to having an affair lo a long way down the line. But I, I, I really do think that he was very fond of Diana and did, uh, did love her, you know, speaking to people who, who worked around him at the time said, you, you, you wouldn't have been able to fake that for so many years. Uh, and just looking at the footage of, you know, them dancing on being together on, on tours, you'd have to be a pretty good actor actors to get away with it the whole time so um yeah it's unfortunate i, I mean i do oft i do wonder what they're going to do for series five and six if they make them because gosh we've had a couple of really busy years but it, you're then really getting close to home with the you know william and harry and megan and kate and andrew and i mean well they'll be all watching behind their hands and behind the sofa i imagine if they ever do watch it yeah, I think they have previously said they won't come this close to to current times, but the temptation may just prove too much. But you know, there's, an, there's a, um, Oliver Dowden, one of the ministers in the government, has suggested that there should be an actual kind of a warning being put up ahead of the show, sort of in big flashing lights, to say, you know, this is fiction, not fact. well. Yeah, I mean, I was um, talking to Dickie Arbiter the other day, who is, uh, you know listeners of the show will probably know who Dickie is he's former spokesman for the Queen for 10 years back in the 90s worked in the palace back in the 80s as well and um you know he he was he's he's always said that that it should come with a warning he always thought that um it was always you know made up nonsense and that it's it's good as a drama but it should have an oral warning not even just a written one an oral warning say these are made up events it's all about drama don't carry it away and I and I and I didn't really agree at first, but then sort of sleeping on it and looking at it more closely, I think that you can understand the damage that is being done because people don't necessarily know the, the full history, and they and they are getting carried away. So yeah, I probably would support some sort of warning coming forward. Yeah, inspired by true events or whatever those those variations are, don't always kind of cover the full gamut of what's going. Because on. Well, I just had this in because you know in the in the. Um, I think it's the third or fourth episode of the latest series when they're showing quite graphic scenes of Diana's bulimia. Um, they, there is a warning that comes on before that episode. And I think that if you just had something like that, it would just really sort of quell all these, you know, all these arguments being had. So, um, yeah, and Peter Morgan, the writer himself, has, has admitted he's made it up. Why wouldn't he? He's a writer. He's had to, you know, he's had to come up with all of this anyway. So, yeah, it is largely uh, based on, on, on fiction, just with a historical context. So that's TV Row 1. TV Row 2, which we talked about three weeks ago, um, about Panorama. What is the latest on that? Because that, again, is rumbling on. Well, isn't it just? And uh, I mean, shall we go straight in with the, the fact that the BBC has, has called this investigation? I don't think we'd spoken last time. So obviously, law, um, Earl Spencer, Diana's brother, was uh, publicly stating that how he believed that Diana had been hoodwinked into 
um, agreeing to be interviewed by the BBC journalist Martin Bashir for the Panorama show in 1995. Um, and he then pre pre proceeded to, to uh, hand over his notes to the Daily Mail. And he'd made notes from meetings with Bashir and his sister. And essentially came up with 32... Uh, described as 32 draw-dropping claims that Bashir had allegedly made and they were ranging from making stuff up about the royal family um, alleging that uh, members of the royal f you know, for private details of the members of the royal family's lives that, uh, the, the, that uh, Diana was being spied on by MI5 and the crux of this was that um, Earl Spencer is alleging Bashir showed him documents which were faked or forged bank statements purporting to show that two courtiers and indeed his head of security uh, were accepting payments from media organizations and all of this was false and it has since transpired that Martin Bashir uh, allegedly got a BBC graphic designer to mock up these bank statements and then he then pre presented them to the Earl and Diana. And the claim is that then she, you know, she was persuaded to do that because the weight of evidence was that she was being spied on and she was being you know, tracked by MI5 and, and whatnot. Now, the, the BBC's director general, the new director general, Tim Davey, who has only been in the job a few months, he has ordered this new independent probe. They've got a top judge, a chap called Lord Dyson, who's a former head of the Court of Appeal, very distinguished man, one of the, uh, you know, the outstanding judges of his generation. And he is apparently going to launch this independent probe, call people before him, judge whether there was any criminality. However, now the, the fly in the ointment now is even though Earl Spencer has been calling for this and it's been widely agreed that this is the best uh, way to go down, people are now not very happy, including Earl Spencer, because he believes that uh, Lord Dyson, I mean, it's like Cluedo, this, is it? Lord Dyson will have no he teeth. He's called it a toothless operation, I'm told, that um, he won't be able to call people uh, to speak to him, such as Martin Bashir, such as uh, Tony Hall, the former director general, who incidentally has said he will speak to Lord Dyson, but he cannot compel people to sp speak to him. So if you are, for instance, Martin Bashir, or for instance, any other BBC journalist who works on those shows, perhaps you won't speak to Lord Dyson because you may involve yourself in criminal proceedings. And that is what Earl Spencer is unhappy as. And as I understand it, he is now watching this very, very closely because he may then call for a police investigation and maybe that is the only way to get to the truth, as Prince William has said to it himself. Oof. Well. That's a roundup. There we Sorry. go. That is a roundup. But Prince Harry, interestingly, so just when this was all kicking off, obviously big row with the BBC, up Prince Harry pops on Strictly Come Dancing. BBC's like showpiece, showpiece telly on a Saturday night, my favourite. It's a great series. They're doing brilliantly. And um, Harry, the guy that Harry had um, popped up to visit is a former a former soldier who was injured in um, in, in Afghanistan and then competed in Invictus in the Invictus Games and then has gone on to be a presenter. And he's... Um, he danced particularly well on Saturday. I think he probably thought he was going to leave a long time before then, but, you know, Harry popped up and was giving him a friend, friendly message a couple of weeks ago, which was lovely. And then also, obviously, Harry and Meghan have got their big old Netflix deal, Netflix, the people behind the crown. So it is quite an interesting sort of 
web of well, connections yeah. and things. But. I mean, they're being slapped with the right hand and slapped with the left, aren't they? They're, they're saying, oh, you shouldn't be speaking to the BBC because the BBC panorama thing is going on. And, oh, you shouldn't be speaking about, or you can't speak about the Netflix thing with the crown because you're taking loads of money. I mean, in this instance, I think that they're not going to speak about the crown publicly. And, uh, you know, and the BBC thing was quite a sweet thing to do for his mate, JJ Chalmers. So, um, listen, I think there'll be bigger things on the horizon for Meghan and Harry because they have taken an awful lot of money from Netflix. Um, and we've spoken before, haven't we, that you know, maybe a big corporate giant like that is going to want their pound of flesh and they're, they're going to want to, you to do a documentary about the role. So they're going to want you to speak about what life was like and, and who knows whether Meghan may do that in the, in the future. Who knows? Um, Prince Harry popped up yesterday talking about the environment. Oh, didn't he just? Are you I a mean, raindrop, this... Russell? Tell me, are you a raindrop? I'm a flower. I'm a flower, you know. Oh, me. petal. A petal, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the headline in the Daily Mail today is Don't be a drip, Harry. Prince's most eye-catching declaration yet. We must act like raindrops falling from the sky to fight climate change. I mean, Lord above. I mean, it's quite laudable in one sense isn't it he is an environmentalist uh, but I, I i think this is straight out the sort of californiacation handbook isn't it speaking about well i don't know i think he might have been listening to matt hancock who's our health minister who get every now and then when they let him at the microphone to talk about what's going on and talking about the new dawn break he just gets all he's been reading too much poetry or something in the lockdown well boris johnson is talking about bugalists coming over the horizon to fight the battle of waterloo just crazy stuff everyone needs to get down the pub they do i mean we are desperate we are desperate but this was um, this was in the launch of Water Bear, which is a described as a free streaming service which offers documentaries on short films from more than eighty NGOs. Now, Harry was speaking in his role as uh, president of Africa Parks, which obviously he's uh, spoken very passionately in uh, in the past. I mean, the, the Daily Mail says he's gone from fun-loving royal uh, to defender of all things woke. Now, Prince Harry has made his most impassioned, some might say, bizarre comments to date, suggesting more people. People are more like raindrops in the fight against climate change. I mean, it's a bit airy fairy. It was described. It as. is, but I think I, I think we do have to recognise that the, probably the Daily Mail is the publication in the UK that is <laughs> the least fans of the Sussexes at the moment. Not least because their their news organisation is in. Um, you know, they are the subject of the legal proceedings. So yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's it is a laudable project. Water Bear, I checked it out yesterday. Actually, it's actually a really really interesting platform, and uh, and I think that the you you may see more collaborations with with um with Meghan, Harry, um, yeah, Harry and Meghan, or maybe even some of the other roles because they are doing really good stuff. However, um, maybe this argument is all is also um acceptable because he was saying that you know coronavirus was was like Mother Nature. Let's see, can't see the quote here, but it says, um, you know, Mother Nature is almost speaking to us. We we take so, so much from... our rooms like naughty children. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit much, isn't it? However, oh. and he's, he's saying that it reminded me how interconnected we are, not just as people, um, but we go through nature. We take so much from her and we rarely give her anything back. Now that, I think we can all agree with. I think that that is something to, uh, you know, to, to take on board. We do take too much from nature. 
Um, whether whether we're all a raindrop, I'm not, I'm not too sure. There's definitely worse things to be than a raindrop, I think. And I think it's interesting thinking, you know, this time last year, you know, kids weren't going to school on a Friday. They're all out on climate strike. The environment was massive. You know, it was a huge talking point. It's kind of come to real front of mind for for people. And um, it felt like some kind of progress was was being made. And then obviously this year has turned things upside down again. So maybe getting that back on the conversation is is a hugely important thing. We've obviously seen Williams work with the Earthshot Prize and environment is going to be a thing. So maybe it's it's also just Harry finding his new voice, which is fine. Will he's seen, he's very zen. I tell you what, he looked he looked amazing yesterday as well because he's very tanned. I think I need some California sunshine. Wow, we can, I mean, so I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous. Very jealous. Well, that, that's that's what the whole thing is. It's just jealousy. Um, <laughs> also in the last gosh i lose track of time i think it was probably last week wasn't it um megan shared her essay on the new york times um talking about having had a miscarriage in july so talking very personally and sharing a very you know emotional and uh, as she points out a lot of people don't talk about it they do keep it private and 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 don't share it so much and actually that that she was saying that she was showing it to kind of um normalize it i guess and to support others and and share that conversation and talking about how important it is to be connected really um what what did you make of it all russell yeah no i did i think that it was um, particularly brave um and hugely commendable it's obviously a a a, a very distressing subject for so many couples to to go through and you know not just the women going through it but their partners as well um uh it's very very common even though it's not really discussed um so publicly i think chrissy teigen described the loss of her child recently which was you know haunting commendable and i hugely admired her bravery for putting herself out like that and i think that um this is something that megan will only be applauded for i think that's that uh you know it's it's opened up um an avenue of of conversation for the family as well because uh we understand that senior members of the royal family were obviously in touch with them when this happened um back in july and um you know and um, I, I just i just wish them wish them well because that is an absolutely heartbreaking um, situation to to learn of yeah and it's you know even within the royal family there's kind of shared experience that we know of with you know zara and mike tyndall in between their two children they just announced essentially that zara was was pregnant with a with a second child and then was just in the run-up to christmas and they very shortly afterwards um shared the news that that zara had sadly had a miscarriage and she's spoken of it of it since and the sort of the impact that it has had so you know we wish we wish megan and harry well and um all the very best for the future um and in terms of the sort of early years side of side yes. of things yes yeah, some big developments this is with a pussy bow we're the pussy bow with the return of the purple gucci blouse it was a cracker I, this, did this not just did, did this start off our my hour our my pussy bow fascination this original dress because or this sort of shirt dress isn't it no this has been uh, I, I, yeah but it, she she wore it, it she 
She is wore he this. Mexico, is it? Maybe it is. Was this when you first realised you knew what a pussy I, bow was? I think so. Yes. Oh, and then wow. I became obsessed with this Gucci Russell's dress. Russell's origin top. story, but isn't it's the one that she wears backwards as well? Yes. Yeah. 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 A war, uh, so I've been described as a wall a, a wardrobe wardrobe malfunction that is very stylish. I mean. Gosh, I mean, you no, say it's not. no so. malfunction there. That's a, this is a style choice. So about early years, this, I mean, this is the culmination of something we've been talking about for ages this year. And certainly um, Kate has been working on for the best part of nine years. Can you believe it? But after the five big questions, uh, which was this biggest survey of its kind, they got over half a million responses to this, uh, to her, um, to her survey. And that's actually going to be available to governments. It's going to be available to, you know, early years practitioners. And I think some of the things that came out of it were really, really interesting about how, um, you know, people, parents view early years development in children, how important they think it is, um, you know, whether we're aware of the developmental aspects of the brain from, you know, young babies to their two to five years old and um i mean this is something that's huge and it's going to be i think i think if, if we didn't have the coronavirus at the moment and we didn't have you know talking about vaccines and christmas this would have been a massive massive story and it still is and i think just watch this space because next year kate is going to be doing a lot more things to do with early years um as i imagine she will do for the rest of her royal career so it's laying the foundations it's kind of um, you know, quite similar in a sense what William is doing with Earthshot. They're obviously launching big projects that they're going to do for a decade or longer. Longer for Kate, because I suppose like climate change with William, Kate said that this will take generations. This is not something a quick fix. This is something that needs to evolve. It's something she's very interested in. She's not only a mother herself, but she's been, you know, up and down the country talking to people all the time and really wants to make that uh, tangible difference. And uh, and, I, and I think I think we're going to see some really big strides over the next few years. I think you get a little bit of a sense that she's missing going out and doing those visits as well. You know, when she was talking about one of the best things being going to see people and and meeting them and finding out about what they think about things, you know, that kind of connection. Because, she, you know, she did that first great tour, kicking it all off, chasing all over the country, going to different places and and seeing different things. And I think the, um, the social media team... Uh, whether it's Kensington Palace, whether they had some other people involved for the sort of big reveal, I think they did a really nice job on their Instagram. With a, there was a very well thought through different. Let's present this in multiple different ways. Bit of Kate writing on a piece of paper for the sharing the statistics and sticking things on a wall, and it's just finding different ways to present the information and and try and get it noticed. And lots of outfit changes, which I thought was was interesting as well. Like it was, it wasn't just a a one day gig <laughs> well it, it was a lot of it i mean it was it was trailed over the course of a week wasn't it so um one of the things i i picked up as well i, I mean i it's quite a hilarious story really that that, that uh, when she was going through the phone and looking at all the comments i thought that showed her in a completely different light she looked like she was having loads of fun and people have been picking over the emojis that they could see on her iphone 10 did you see this i mean yeah. i'm pretty sure it wasn't her phone but Quite funny that the uh, the list of emojis contained a pineapple. What was it? A uh, a pr- not a praying woman. It was it like sort of bowing, bowing woman. Yeah, and uh, angry face. So yeah, uh, a window into their world, perhaps. What's what's your most used emoji, Russ? 
I don't know. Should we have a look? Uh, probably thumbs up. I like a thumbs up. Um, where I'm, a face, I? I'm a face palm. Face palm, face palm, laughing, mind blown, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, a lot fairly of applause and fingers crossed. There's quite a lot of that. Oh, yeah, mind Oof. blown. Mind blown is always a good one. Christmas emojis are arriving, though. They are, they are making a bid for top spot. Know, I've got to get out of my I've got to get out my Grinchdom, don't I? I need to yes. get involved on. with the Christmas cheer. Santa hat next time we meet, please. <laughs> Maybe some reindeer antlers. Um Kate and William were on a call as well with future men. It's it's with the dads of, of things. Yeah, I did something with uh with William last year actually with future men. And this is sort of um you know, maybe so, you know, it, it's another opportunity to sort of shine a spotlight on a charity that wouldn't necessarily get much coverage. Certainly, um, I think that Kate, when she did the baby banks stuff during the year, that was really important as well. And then William is doing this stuff for the guys. Um, and just, I mean, they sort of teamed up with this one, which was quite interesting. And William's saying, you know, he does worry about the fact that in a sort of men being trying to be macho sometimes and not reaching out for help. Well, when you have a baby uh, or children, it's a, it can be quite a daunting period for quite a few men. And sometimes they don't necessarily come from the right background themselves. So they just think, um, you know, it's a, they don't want to reach out. And this is sort of a, an opportunity for people um, to be able to tap into something, a service that is actually there that they might not know about. And I think that's, um, you know, really, really good idea for them to, to be involved in this way. Talking about the um, social media that Kate had been doing, it reminded me, we've not spoken since Meghan and Harry hired their new their new people. So I'm going to share a, share a comment from Ta- Tasha Antonakis because she, the last time we were talking, you and me, Russell, it was just after Remembrance Sunday, I think. So we'd, we'd been, we'd had those pictures of Harry and Meghan um, on their cemetery visit. Oh, yes. Tasha says, I'm a little behind on your podcast, so just now listening to the latest. Quick question about Meghan and Harry's situation. Where the heck are their PR team? I'm sure they have the funds to pay for a top-notch team. We've all seen horrible celebrities get a much more flattering run in the public eye with the help of a good PR team. This whole situation seems very amateur. Are they going it alone or just ignore the advice? I really don't understand. So they've since hired um, someone from Pinterest. And yes. And well, they sacked they sacked all their palace staff who were you know uh, struggling with with the everything that had gone on when they decided to quit and the, obviously they weren't happy and they were being shut out and now they've obviously got um, dealings with Sunshine Sachs, the PR firm in the states that Megan has worked with in the past. Um, they obviously still have one or two uh, people here in. Uh, in the UK who are trying to manage their PR this side of the pond. Um, listen, it's up for debate, isn't it? I think that Harry and Meghan are the, the masters of their own destiny and they are doing things that they want to do. So you're seeing that with a lot of the, the charity work that they're doing. Um, maybe they will form a bigger team with Well, obviously they will when Archwell is launched, uh, you know, most probably around Easter time in the spring. Um, because it, they obviously want to get to off to uh, hit the ground running with it. Now that I'm digging through my Instagram story messages, I've got another one for you. This one from Sharon Reynolds, who says, I've just started following Pod Save the Queen, so I've binge listened to the podcast as I drive around Dallas, Texas to relieve COVID-19 boredom. Thank you for taking us on a road trip with you, Sharon. Um, we would hope to get to America again one day because that would be great. But question, says Sharon, your current fave, Sophie Cantor says, 
of Wessex is regularly seen and mentioned, but 99% without Edward. Why? Where is he? What is he doing? Seems to never be with her, but not out doing his own events. Thanks. I listen to all the royal podcasts and read most of the books. Pod Save the Queen is hands down the best. Crown emoji. Thank you for the fabulous message, Sharon. So, Edward is quite a quiet. Is he quiet or underreported or both? Well, underreported, I imagine. I think he's yeah, fairly bit. I, 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 Edward's my favourite plaque unveiler, isn't he? He's like when he does it with the big load of theatre, when he's revealing the plaque and he takes it off with such theatre. Um, I think he's, he's, be, he's still busy. I mean, I don't, don't really know what he gets up to day to day. Um, I mean, yes, of course, Sophie's been given a, a lot more airtime now that the Sussexes have gone. And, you've got, and she's been doing some really interesting stuff as well. Obviously, she has been in previous years. But as I've argued before, unfortunately, we can't, we can't cover everything. And maybe one of the good things to come out of the Sussexes leaving and coronavirus and um, is, 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 is Sophie is getting a bit more, a bit more play, isn't she? She's been doing Zoom calls with the Queen for World Sight Day. She's been doing uh, an awful lot of stuff with the UN and, um, and Frontline medics and, and so forth. So, you know, maybe that will continue into 2021. And the Duke of, Duke of Edinburgh Award is Prince Edward's kind of big gig in some ways now, isn't it? Like that's, yeah, that's, it is. that's the one I associate with him. Yeah, he, and he's, you know, he's, he's also transforming, transforming that. I think that uh, that's something that will, um, you know, be his, his major project over the next few years as well to try and get more and more kids from schools involved in the Duke of Edinburgh, um, Duke of Edinburgh scheme. And certainly we are we are plotting in in the future finding out a bit more um we know we know our listeners like when we catch up with some of the patrons of the different organizations that the royals work with and certainly finding out a bit more about some of the less well spotlit royals and how how they work with their patronages is, is very much on the to-do list because i mean it's nearly 2021 Russell. I'm not oh, like... i mean it's madness <laughs> i think i was last in the office in i think it was february the 24th yeah same i think it's it's mad, isn't it? Right. It's just, yeah. uh, yeah. and we will meet again as a queen. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe we'll get a version of what the you know, that what the queens will say in her Christmas speech will will be a, another um, gesture like that to say to the country, you know, we're nearly at the end. Maybe less hyperbole than uh, Boris Johnson uses, but but yeah. more with more sentiment, hopefully. Lovely producer Daniel's just messaged to say he's on day 271 of working from home. Gosh. Not that he's counting. Not that he's counting, no. Not that he's <laughs> counting. But we, are, we have some, you know, exciting things to bring our listeners before the end of the year. And we've got some big plans for 2021, whether we are doing this still remotely at a distance or whether we might one day be back in the studio. I mean, who, who knows what will have moved into the studio by the time we get back into the office? You know, it'll be taken over by, I don't know, Maybe it'd be like Jurassic Park. There'd just be trees <laughs> growing out the building. Imagine. Um, obviously, the royals are tending to be more um, ad hoc, or not ad, not ad hoc as such, but letting us know later what they're up to. But do we do we know anything else in particular that is coming up? Well, I can give you something in this time space continuum as this is going out on Thursday. Uh, a, a glimpse into the future. Well. Um, Obviously, that the relaxing of lockdown restrictions and more places being open. Uh, the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall are tonight, Wednesday night, going to visit the National Gallery. 
and that's uh, to look at two new exhibitions and to you know try and welcome people back into the sphere of what is going on and certainly there will be other events taking place around this arena certainly like the cambridges were going to pubs and going to garden centers during the summer i think we're going to see the royals trying to get out there getting people to be confident to go out to your your theatre or your you know your pub or your garden centre once again to try and save these businesses spend your money get out and support local firms and so the the royals will be putting their best foot forward trying to help out in that sense and we look forward to seeing them do it so hopefully you might be able to get allowed out and go you never something. know they're never you never know there might be things that i can go to in the near future if but you're on your good let's wait and see yeah so we'll be back again next week to catch up with russell but in the meantime we have also got a little bonus episode for you so look out for that one at the weekend i had a great chat with clive irving who has written the last queen about various things history and now and future so hope you enjoy that one but wherever you are i hope you are safe and well and until next time on save the queen